0: Today's episode of Your Stories is sponsored by Cards Against Humanity. They asked us not to read an ad, so enjoy the show!
1: Your Stories is a wonderful opportunity to share all the highs and lows of being a nerd. You
2: know that hobby you have that you don't talk to anyone about?
0: everybody i'm eric arno and this is part one of the first Nerdalogs presents your stories podcast recorded in 2017 featuring the theme resolution this week we've got four wonderful storytellers reflecting on that theme plus the debut of a new house band featuring Nerdalogs member katie johnston smith this ep you'll hear from fellow podcasters tim dunn and Cher vincent comedian logan dean and actress emily labby plus music from myself dwight hassler becca brown and of course katie Our next Chicago Your Stories is Sunday, February 19th at the Sum Office Theater, and it features our ever-popular annual theme of fan fiction, now in its fifth year. Come on out to hear a healthy balance of intelligent reflection and probably erotica. Um, But before that show, the nerds are heading out west. We'll be in sunny Los Angeles. For a couple of shows at the end of the month, including a brand new sketch show Thursday, January 26th at UCB Franklin, and then a Your Stories recording Friday, January 27th at the Nerdist Showroom at Meltdown Comics. That is awesome. We're bringing a bunch of our super talented West Coast friends out for both shows. Uh, Full lineups will be announced soon on our website and Facebook page, so keep watching those. Uh, I think 2017 is going to be an exciting year for the Nerds. Uh, So let's get into it with these resolutions. Yeah! My name is Eric Arno. Welcome to the Nerdlogs presents Your Stories, our first show of 2017. This is our sixth year now as a live show and podcast. That's kind of crazy. Holy shit! Yeah, six years. Uh, there's some changes to the show this year. So uh, the last two shows of last year, we lost two of our band. They they just moved or like did other things with their lives. That's cool. So Claire and Jim are no more, but we have Katie Johnston Smith joining us. Yeah. And this is
4: an intro that none of us can play, so that's pretty cool. And I can barely play it. <laughs> well I woke up to the sound, the silence, the cars. were cutting like knives in a fist fight. And I found you with a bottle of wine, your head in the curtains and hard like the 4th of July. You swore and said we are not, we are not shining stars This I know, I never said we are Though I've never been through hell like that I've closed enough windows to know you can never look back If you're lost and alone, or you're sinking like a stone Of your feet upon the ground And carry on Carry on, carry on So I met up With some friends at the edge of the night At a bar of 75 And we talked and talked About how our parents will high All their neighbors and why It all, to make up for- We are invincible, we are who we are, in our darkest day, when we're miles away, so we'll come, we will find. Th-
0: going to sing and Dwight's going to sit on that that's called the cajon
3: that's the first time I've ever played the cajon new year yeah. new year new me guys <laughs> did um, you post an
0: Instagram of like first person you of slapping that
3: yeah it really looks um, it looks dirty <laughs> <laughs> it really does <laughs> looks like I'm flagellating myself
0: <laughs> so this song is called Resolution
3: yes yeah, so it's by Matt Corby he's Australian
0: so exotic We got one sign on the way at least.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Giving up this whole life, this whole me Call it out like a family Instead I buy my time get a ride. The rubber leaves the road. Sit on line, so I made the truth. It's like a lie to even you. Control your fears, clear. You do not know where you're going.
0: Yeah, we did it. Thank you, everybody. All right, so like I said, we've got eight wonderful performers tonight who are going to share their stories or whatever they want on stage with you. The first of those uh, people, so when I came up with the theme resolution, which again, super original, I know I'm like really smart for thinking of that. Uh, that also made me think of video games, which made me think, so for the past three years, uh, one of the podcasts in the Nerdalogs family has been the this show called Talking Games. Uh, first it was Talking Games with Tim and Clayton, then Talking Games with Tim and Clayton and Kellen, then we realized the names didn't matter, so it just became Talking Games. And uh, after three years with us, they are wrapping up in the next month or so, and so I asked those guys if they wanted to come out and talk, and a couple of them did. So please welcome one of the original hosts of Talking Games, Tim Dunn! <laughs>
2: Thank you. Oh, this is not, that's not a on. Amplify, that's not yeah. an on, mic. That's fine. Um, Are you sure you podcast? Shut up. Um, <laughs> hi, everybody. Uh, uh, thanks so much for having me. Round of applause for the band again. That was
4: great.
2: <laughs> I am, I've done uh, Your Stories a couple times. Uh, first time, way too prepared. Did not go Overly prepared. Uh, second time I was in the sweet middle ground where I kind of knew where I, where I was going. Went great, really good. This time, kind of winging it, you guys. <laughs> I also want to let you uh, know a little bit about my mental state because of the, the, the world ending stuff. The, I'm on uh, my old friends, the antidepressants. No. And uh, did we just get a woo for antidepressants? <laughs> I'm using my old buddy Zoloft, and I went from uh, uh, 25 to 50 milligrams in the past couple of days, and I'm vibrating constantly. I think that's a good thing. I'm not sure yet, though. Uh, probably just like a first or second week uh, side effect thing. Anyways, um, I've been thinking. I've been thinking about the idea of uh, resolutions um, because I, I just want to visit my family for the holidays and. Uh, I have a New Year's resolution and it's because I have a a unresolved relationship. That is with my uh, grandfather and he's 93 years old and it's probably come to last like six months of his his life. That's what we think. And uh, that is weird for me because you show your elders respect and you want to appreciate all the time you have with with people, especially when it's short. Um, But uh, here's some of my grandfather. He... Sucks as a person. Uh, I don't mean that disrespectfully. He, he, su- he sucks. He sucks, you guys. Um, he need to give you some background info on him. He um uh uh so he is a father. Like here's a fun thing he would do as a father uh to my uh mom and my aunts. Uh he has a fixation with weight. And so if my mom or my aunts put on too much weight, he would draw p- pictures of them as pigs and put them up on the fridge. Yeah, that's like... If you've seen Mad Men, like, it, some of that behavior is like, you're like, oh, well, th- that was from a different time. But if you saw a guy doing that on Mad Men, you'd be like, oh, he's a bad guy. He's like a bad dude. <laughs> um, he lied about serving in World War Two. Uh... Which, now hold on, I know that sounds horrible, but he uh, had really bad asthma, so he couldn't serve, Uh, but then he lied about service, and my whole family thought for a long time that he was this revered World War II soldier, and then we kind of found out recently that he's not, and that's fucking weird, like it's just weird, Um, but I went home to visit him uh, Uh. recently for um you know for christmas and uh uh he's you know my grandmother passed away a, a little over a decade ago and i, I don't know if you uh, you know we're all getting uh, into our 30s and maybe late 20s here uh, has anyone here had their grandparents start dating uh, this is a, a kind of a new thing for th- that this has happened to me in the past few years and it's a weird thing to see my grandfather dating this woman in his retirement community um and it really makes me want to go up to her and go like, you are too good for him. You are like, I want you to comfort my grandfather in the last years of his life. He also sucks. Just see just so you know. Um so uh his his girlfriend Joe was there, uh who I think I've been dating my girlfriend longer than he's been dating hers his, which is super weird. Um but he's very frail. He's very frail and um you think being that close to the end, you, you gain some sort of insight or appreciation about life. Not so much with old Chris Christie, you guys. Uh, he It was a lot of complaining about food when I was there at Christmas. And it really made me think that, you know, I need to... Because that, that's genetic. Like, I, I see that stuff in myself all the time. And I don't want to be the, the 93-year-old guy uh, uh, complaining about the food at the, the Christmas dinner <coughs> So my resolution is to see things more positively, even in these hor- like horrible times. Um, so what I want to do with the last uh, few minutes of my time here, if that's cool, I just want you guys to yell out some things that you're worried about or that seem awful. And I'm just going to give you the good spin on why they're actually <laughs> great and wonderful things. So go ahead. Who's got one? What are you worried about, everybody?
4: Crippling debt.
2: Crippling debt. Okay. Uh, Are we talking student debt? Are we talking credit card debt?
1: Yes.
2: (laughs) Here's what's great. Here's what's great about crippling debt. Uh, The banks are going to collapse at some point anyway. Probably in the next eight years. So have some fun. I got myself a travel rewards credit card, and I got... (laughs) I'm really going into my unhealthy uh, life choices. I got to spend $4,000 in the next three months, but then I get them sweet travel rewards. I'm getting distracted. The debt. <laughs> get yourself a sweet uh, travel rewards card and like really roll in the goodness of debt because it's a wonderful thing. Who else has got something they're worried about? Getting on a plane this week. I'm, a, I'm terrified of flying. Are you terrified of flying? A little bit, yeah. Yes, um, because... If you get on a plane, one of your instant thoughts is, oh, what a terrible death it would be to be surrounded by people screaming and falling. But we're spinning it. We're spinning this into a good thing. You get to see clouds from up above, and that's beautiful. And... Depending on your flight, you might have one of those seat-back screens where you watch movies, and they'll be like the movies that you were like not going to see in the theaters, but like, <laughs> if you have to just pay like three bucks for them, you'll pay, you'll, you'll yeah. You're not going to die. You're... I do this every time. Can you get some Xanax? It really helps.
1: <laughs>
2: Who else? Who else has got one?
1: Uh, uh, robots taking our jobs.
2: I mean, that's just going to happen. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, even if, okay, folks, driverless cars, they're coming. Okay? And then the truckers are going to get real mad. But we're spinning this positive. Robots are going to be better drivers than all of us. And better chefs and better everything. And they'll just keep us as pets. And what a wonderful life that will be. We'll just get to, like, eat food in our cages that the robots bring to us. And it's going to be great food. Let's do one more. Because I'm worried that kind of sounded sad. Sorry? Reproductive rights. Okay. Uh, they just voted to potentially defund Planned Parenthood. Uh, and, um, well, if I'm doing the Republican angle, they're... they're listen. <laughs> they're putting all this money into community health centers. And those are so much more... Jesus would love them so much more than, than Planned Parenthood. Um, here's what's great about reproductive rights and the state of reproductive rights as me, Tim Dunn, a uh, uh, white man. Here we go. Uh, I Okay. Here's my belief. I think some uh, uh, 20-year-old is going to come up with an app or some sort of weird thing we put on our skin that's going to control birth control in like five years and then we just turn it on and off. Why would we... Anyways. It's going to be... And then we're not... I, I'm hoping we don't even have to worry about fighting over abortion and all this stuff anymore it's still going to be a problem. <laughs> Let's get one more. I didn't I didn't solve that one. I didn't solve that one. A repeal of the Affordable Care Act. Repeal of the Affordable Care Act. Okay. I am going to spin this positive. <laughs> Do you guys remember how great healthcare was in 2008? Oh, it's just wonderful, right? Um Here's what's good about it. We uh, this goes back to my resolution. We gotta see the good, okay? I don't, I don't believe that Republicans are bad people. I believe that they have different viewpoint than us. Um, so maybe, maybe they'll maybe they'll come up with something better. The Obamacare was not perfect, you know? It had flaws. Um, maybe they will come up with something that is cheaper. Ladies and gentlemen. That is the positive news for 2017. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Tim Dunn. Tim, will the robots need storytelling show hosts? They'll be so much better than us. Oh, no. So much better than us. I do like robots, though, so that's okay. (laughs) And then robots can also combine to form like a bigger robot, which is way cooler than humans can do. So I'm down with robots. Guys, coming next to the stage, this gentleman turned uh, 29 years old yesterday. It was his birthday. So let's all wish him a lovely happy birthday as he comes to the stage. Mr. Logan Dean. Yeah. Yeah. Happy birthday.
1: Uh, oh, hey, thanks. <laughs> hey, thanks. That was nice. Uh, 2016 was the best year of my life. 100% hands down the best year I ever had. Um it was my 10th anniversary of living here in Chicago, which is kind of depressing a little bit, but <laughs> I, uh, at the beginning of last year, I made a, kind of a private resolution to try and have the best year ever. And I, I succeeded. Yay! Yeah! Thank you. Wow. What an unexpected applause. <laughs> um, yeah, it started uh, last year around this time. Uh, my good friend asked if I'd be interested in going across the country with him. I said, when? He said, Monday. And I said, yes, on a whim. And we spent four days driving from here to Los Angeles, and it was an incredible experience that made me kind of think about where I was in my life. Uh, I've been living here for 10 years. I came here to find a new home because I was kind of bored of my old one in Michigan. Uh, I came here to go to a school that is a garbage school. Um <laughs> It's Columbia College, Chicago. Don't go there. Um, it's a pyramid scheme, and they just want your money. Um, they don't pay their teachers well either, so they don't really give a shit. Uh, so I was kind of set. I was in this place for so long, and I felt like I was going to be here forever, and then I kind of traveled the country and saw all these wonderful things. I like I ate the best tacos ever in Amarillo, Texas, and I did the drunkest stand-up set I've ever done in... Uh, Arizona, and then I spent the night in the worst hotel ever conceived, also in Arizona. And I thought, as I was coming back from that trip, man, wouldn't it be great to? I didn't want to move to Los Angeles because, but wouldn't it be great to kind of like expand my home and find out where it really was? If it really was in Chicago, if it was somewhere else. In June of 2016, uh, my girlfriend and I went on our annual vacation to Northern Michigan. And I kind of started to feel like maybe this is where I'm supposed to be. But it's boring as shit up there. Like, it's real pretty, but there's nothing to fucking do. And But it, it, it was made better because I was with her. And then we went to Gettysburg for her family reunion in July. And it was awesome. Her family was incredible. And it was, it was sobering to be on this battlefield where every, all these great patriots died. And there was also a bunch of awesome Pokemon Go stops. Um, <laughs> which is a weird place for them, but that made it a lot better. In October, I saw two of my best friends get married, and it was awesome. It was a beautiful ceremony, and it was this amazing declaration of their love. And I looked at my girlfriend, and I said, let's not do any of this, because it's expensive and time-consuming. So a week later, we got married in my living room. Um, <laughs> and because... In my home, in our home, the home we made. Because no matter where I am, my home is her. And it took me all of last year to realize that my home isn't a place where I live. It's not Chicago, it's not Los Angeles, it's not Michigan, it's her. And wherever I am, as long as I'm with her, I'm home. Thank
0: Thank you, Logan. Guys, that was so much oh, of y'all. So second, I love it. That that that's uh it's Logan's home right there playing the keys. Logan's home is very dexterous on those keys. I appreciate it. It's really good with my mouth though. Oh boy! All, All right. right. Thank you, Logan Tome. I'm going to call you that for the rest of the show. (laughs) That's weird. I'm not going to do that. Coming next to the stage, so, all right, one more time, I'm going to do it. In May, Logan Tome produced a musical for the Nerdalogs entitled Attend the Tale of Danny Tanner, a Full House Musical, which posits that once a year, Danny Tanner goes out and kills a drunk driver to avenge his dead wife, which is probably happening in the show anyway. Like, that's just like, you can read the subtext into that very clearly. But um, so this woman coming next to the stage uh, was kind of our utility cast member. She was Kimmy Gibler, she was Rebecca Donaldson. was Steve. Oh man, who could forget Steve? Steve of two last names in Full House lore, that's interesting. Anyway, first time at Your Stories, please give a big round of applause to Emily Lab.
3: Thank you. Uh, Logan turned 29 yesterday and got married. Uh, I turned 30 this year and I'm not getting married. It's okay, it's totally fine. It's just a very gut reaction <laughs> to that beautiful story from Logan. <laughs> Sorry. You're my you're my home. I know. You can't say that now because Logan's already said it. <laughs> so, yeah. I know. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Um, cool. So I wrote this thing. So I'm going to read what I wrote. So like I said, I, I turned 30 this year. I turned 30 in May. And that's fine. It is. But uh, um, isn't it funny how 30, 30 is the number that makes us just stop in our tracks and grab our throats and just compel us to take stock? Uh, 20 didn't do that. 10 sure as hell didn't do that. But boy, oh boy, oh boy, 30 does. It's like, what in the world have you accomplished, Emily? And while I would love to fall into that comfort of self-deprecation, I have to be honest, I... I've actually accomplished a lot in the last 10 years. I managed to secure a bachelor's degree in 2010 while holding down anywhere from two to four jobs at the same time. I left the world of food service in 2011 and spent the next four and a half years at the same company. Who does that anymore? (laughs) Slowly growing my skill set and rising in the ranks there. I met the love of my life. I started to think to myself... Very quietly, that I might someday like to be a project manager. And then I said it a little louder, and then I started looking for jobs, and then I did it. I got a new job, and now, as of January 1st, I am a project manager. Thank you. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> oh, yeah. And in 2014, I ran the motherfucking Chicago Marathon. Hey! hey. <laughs> I started running in 2011, and I mean started. Couched a 5K, got winded after two minutes, started. And I found that while I wasn't exceptionally great at running, I wasn't the fastest or the fittest, I really enjoyed it. And by the end of 2012, I had completed a handful of 5Ks and even a 10K. In early 2013, I had to take a break because I injured myself running during the winter through the snow and the ice. Do not run outside if you don't have to. It is not worth it. Uh, I was off my feet for nearly six months. That was the year that I learned that I am a runner. No matter how long I go between runs, I am a runner. I am a runner because after that first mile, I love it. I am a runner because when I'm not doing it, I crave it. Because to me, there is nothing better than my feet beating against the pavement. A good friend of mine started running in early 2013, like Couch to 5K started running in early 2013. And by October, he had finished the marathon. And on that day, I remember thinking to myself, if John Fiocca can run a marathon, I can run a marathon. I can do that. So I thought to myself, quietly, that I would run the marathon next year. And then I started saying it to people. And then it was 2014, and it was the year to run the marathon. So I said to hell with the lottery and pledged to raise funds for a charity, one of the ways to get a guaranteed entry to the marathon. And by mid January, I was committed. And then I got a call from my dad. He'd had his first ever colonoscopy a few weeks earlier and it had been irregular. So they'd done a biopsy. And in mid-January, I got the call that no one wants to get. Cancer, colon, stage three, blockages. And suddenly I was driving out to the suburbs for the surgery. I was holding my mom's hand in the hospital room while my dad tried to sip his ice water. I was driving out again to keep him company for his chemo treatments, and on the weekends I ran. And at the end of February, I finally allowed myself to admit that no, I was not happy in the three and a half year relationship I was in, and yes, I wanted out. So I got out, and by the end of March I had moved out, and on the weekends I ran. And that summer, I became a vegetarian, and I learned about Tinder, and I may or may not have had a fling with my much older neighbor. (laughs) let you decide that one. I drank a lot, and on school nights. I stayed up late, and I got up early. My best friend at the time experienced the kind of trauma that causes one to pull completely away from the world. So suddenly, I was alone and confused and afraid, and I lost a lot of weight because I wasn't really taking care of myself. And on the weekends, I ran. And at 5 a.m., I ran. And I will never forget the day that I fucking crushed a 10-mile run in 90 minutes before work on a Wednesday. 10 miles in 90 minutes on a Wednesday. Yes, that is the fastest long run I've ever had. And then it was October 12th, 2014. And I hadn't trained properly. I had only ever run 13 miles, maybe twice. And I'd only done 20 miles once. But it didn't matter because it was October 12th and come higher hell or high water, I was going to finish. And so I ran. And for 26.2 miles, six hours and 14 minutes, it was just me and my music and the pavement. And I ran. And I walked and I went to the bathroom and I cried a lot. (laughs) But I ran and I finished. It took me over six hours, but I finished. And I think I did it because, A, I had told myself that I would a year before that, and B, I'd had that kind of year where your life is just spiraling out of control. So you find the one thing that you can control, the one thing you can ensure comes to fruition. And so in 2014, it was just me and the pavement. And on the weekends, I ran. And I haven't run much since. Uh, some, here and there. I've done a couple 5Ks, an 8K, a couple 10Ks, but nothing that comes close to a marathon. A 10K is six miles. <laughs> the marathon's 20 more than that. So, But uh, I would like to. So, I'm going to say out loud to this room and to the folks listening to this later, I am going to run a half marathon this year. And then I'm going to run the full marathon in 2018, come hell or high water. So... It's real now. Thank you. Thank you, Emily. So I've known Emily for two years
0: and never have I heard her last name spoken aloud. It is Emily Labby. I'm so sorry. Oh my God, that's crazy. So Joe, are you gonna be running those uh, those marathons? You gonna you doing Uh, that? No,
1: but I will be there to support
0: my home. Aww, (laughs) nice save, Joe. Nice save. Guys, we have one more speaker this half. She is one of the founders of Post Loudness, which is an awesome podcast collective started in this office for uh, Voices on the Fringe, so they say. She has a lot of great shows under her belt, and she's going to do a very wonderful song that you might not associate with a movement like Post Loudness, but that's what makes it really special. This is Cher Vincent.
5: Yeah! Hello. So um, my New Year's resolution is to be more earnest. And the things that I do. Um, this song, in particular, is a song that I listen to a lot around the time the bad thing happened, in November, and I listen to it. I think like on repeat, maybe like for three hours or something. But um, it's about this little this little known band from the '80s called Journey. <laughs> and um, but this song in particular is really underrated. This is "Who's Crying Now." You might know it from the Greatest Hiss album um but yeah so here we go
0: i want to say the genesis of this is uh our mutual friend kevin budnick like on november 9th posted this thing i was like what music are you listening to to help you get through this really weird time and she posted a link to this song and i was like holy shit you like journey (laughs) and thus magic was born (laughs) they're the best
5: haters still left all
0: right i you guys can write off journey as much as you want, but Steve Perry can fucking sing. And that song was in the original key and Cher totally nailed it. So Woo! Woo! Man. Incredible. your stories is a proud part of the Chicago podcast co-op. If you enjoy your stories, you may also enjoy dynasty dynasty podcast launched in 2005 as the first ever and longest running music podcast in the city of Chicago's history hosted by Chicago journalist and college educator Jaime black for more information, go to www.dynastypodcast.com. This has been a production. If you'd like to help make more things like this, please visit patreon.com slash to donate today. And go to www.nerdalogs.com for more cool stuff. Thanks for being awesome. Thank you all. Thank you all. I am
4: grabbot23548x.